Grace, mercy, and peace to you, God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this day is Luke chapter 4. Here again the part that reads, And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. You may be seated. Dear people of God, this is the first Sunday in Lent, a rest stop in the wilderness of life. If we'd go ahead and count the days of Lent, you would find there would be 40 if you went ahead and subtracted out the Sundays. Because some consider the Sundays are little Easter's. They're different. In this sense, we give pause to our season of repentance with a foretaste of the feast that is to come. Therefore, as the baptized children of God who find their identity in Christ, we are not to despair in the wilderness of life, but to live confidently as we rest in the promises of God. You ever noticed when that life's troubles seem to come upon you even more when you're at your weakest point in life? The temptations of Jesus prepare us to face those times with confidence of faith, that is, trust in God's Word. Jesus warned us and blesses us. As he said in John 15, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Our faith must also must always rest in God's word. For as long as we are in the present time, the devil waits for that opportune time. So let us look at our lives in the view of Jesus' temptations. Look at the back of your bulletin. Notice how two of the temptations start with, if you are, it touches right at the being and identity of who Jesus is. And so it is that Satan also will tempt us to deny who we are in Christ. The first temptation is with bread. Bread has to do with everything that has to do with the necessities of life, right? What do you do when you're faced with choosing between eating another day and your identity in Christ. Few of us have been there. We don't know when our next meal is coming, when our next paycheck will arrive, or if we're in school, if we'll, with the grades that we have, if we'll pass. These are the times we're open to cheat and to steal and we may have already done it thinking that the government will never know. And it seems to start with those little things. You know, I was driving down the freeway, 58 miles an hour, as I headed to chapel at Edwidge Vista. I could have thought, you know what? Everybody else is driving. If I drive the speed limit, I'll be, or if I drive as slow as the speed limit, I'll be just in the way. But you know what? There wasn't one other car around. 56. Who would know? 
Who would even care? I just need to get there. Yet isn't my speeding against the fourth commandment and who I am as a child of God? I looked at the time, trying to excuse myself. No, there wasn't any reason to rush. I was on time. I had plenty. What about those other times? Would I deny who I am in Christ? Luke chapter 4. For 40 days, being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus answers with God's word. But the devil had waited also for an opportune time when Jesus was bound and on trial. In Luke 22, they asked him, If you are the Christ, tell us. But Jesus said to them, I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. Have you ever been on trial? And you know if you tell the truth, you'll be in trouble. Those in charge can deny you of your daily bread, your children, your job, just by the answer that you give. But you see, no matter what answer Jesus would give, they were intended on crucifying him. But on this side of the resurrection, Jesus comes to us once again to assure us that he has given, that he has overcome, giving in to survive. After the resurrection, Jesus appears to his disciples, and what does he do? He eats. Jesus himself, it says, stood among them in Luke 24 and said to them, Peace be to you. And they were startled and frightened and thought they had saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your hearts? Have you anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate it before them. There is a time to eat, and it will come. Today we are gathered around Word and before Holy Communion. There we are receiving a foretaste of the feast to come. In the new kingdom, we will be given more than enough rest. In that promise but that second temptation it's more insidious there aren't any ifs in it if you look at it its temptation goes beyond what you need there is so much out there in life to get Luke chapter 4 again continues and the devil took him to our tech him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and he said to him I will give you all the authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship and worship me, I, it will be yours. All you have to look around. It doesn't look like Jesus is in control. Nations are in nations, uh, nations are against nations. 
And it's not just in the Ukraine. People without morality make it big as they strip others of what they have. We see their wealth, their fame, their glory. Oh, yes, Olympic golds are so enticing, even if you're only age 15. All you have to do is bow down to Satan's lie, giving up who you really worship. For the world puts people on pedestals, but it tears them down just as fast. While bystanders watch, so rulers and soldiers mock Jesus. Here's the devil's opportune time in Luke 23. And the people stood by, watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, it says, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Jesus knows how tough it is to believe the word, just like the disciples on the Emmaus Road, Luke 24. And he said to them, O foolish ones, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Yes, the world goes on, but his word is sure. Rest in it. And then the third temptation hits us right in the gut of life. As if to say, you aren't getting what you want. You won't bow down to me. But take control of your life. Take control of your own death. Take the risk. Throw yourself down. God will save you. He has even said so as he quotes Psalm 91. You know, there are times that life can be so bad that we think that death would be nicer. Suicide, assisted suicide. And we're tempted to think, death has got to be better than this. And the de devil whispers, God wouldn't want you to suffer. The devil, the world, our own thoughts accuse. Yeah, you got yourself pregnant? God wouldn't want you to bring this child into this suffering world, let alone bring more on yourself. Just end it. God is loving. But if you look at that third temptation on the back of your bulletin, I want you to compare it with Psalm 91. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. There's no and there. The devil leaves out in all your ways. Not just the future. Not just later. God is your God now. Certainly, God guards you also today, not just in the outcome of your life. He guards you every step of your way, even when you make mistakes, even when you sin. Jesus comes today to lead us to confess our sin, as we did already, 
to hear that forgiveness so that we may delight in his will and walk in his holy ways. You remember the two criminals on the cross? We find from the other Gospels that they are both mocking him. They are both mocking Jesus. Their lives were a mess. It was all for the world to see. They were condemned because of it. And then there isn't any ifs in the mocking. Blatant unbelief of one criminal as he rails, are you the Christ? Save yourself and us. And yet something clicked in that one man's heart. The Holy Spirit changes him to see this crucified Jesus in a different way as he rebukes the other criminal. Don't you fear God? Since you are under the same condemnation, and we justly, for we receive the due, repent, the due reward of our sins, our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he turns to Jesus and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to him, Today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise. That's what we want from God, isn't it? Jesus teaches us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven. And we learn that with these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that He is our true Father and that we are His true children, so that with all boldness and confidence, we may ask Him as dear children, ask their dear Father. There is hope in a hopeless situation. God will answer in the most severe temptations, for we here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. And yet, it's easy, isn't it? When we're tempted and weak, and downtrodden and suffering, to think we're so alone that there's nobody suffering like us. But Paul continues, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation, he will also prove the way of escape that you may endure it in a room of life where all the doors are shut. God provides an open window. Wait and see. His word is true. Just as Jesus was crucified between the two men, two men also testify at the empty tomb to the perplexed and frightened women. And they say to, him, to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee. Remember. Remember how he told you. He tells us his word again and again. He has baptized you in his name. There is no question about who you are, about your identity. You belong to him as you face every temptation. Yes, the devil will wait for an opportune time, but he's not all-powerful. He is not the master of all creation. He lies that evil is good, that good is evil. Death is still a curse. 
and not better than life. The resurrected Jesus has all things under his feet. For the resurrection of the dead is yet to come, and when it happens, he will take his very own to be with him, no matter how many ifs the devil will throw at us. God's word is sure. That's a promise. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.